0: Hello, beautiful souls. My name is Rachel Jeffries. I'm the co-founder of Soulful Veda, and today I also have with me my partner in crime, Angelica, and we are going to be interviewing another pair of co-founders, Trudy and Leah, who co-founded Pavani Ayurveda, one of our favorite Ayurvedic skincare brands. This pair of ladies also went to the California College of Ayurveda. However, instead of pursuing a practitioner route, they chose to follow their passions and pursue and create a brand that today uses Ayurvedic ingredients um, and ancient practices to create dosha specific skincare products. And today we're gonna talk through their story about how they found Ayurveda, how it's changed their life and where they're at today with their brand and for all of our listeners we are super excited that they offer a special discount code for soulful beta listeners so when you're done listening to this episode check out their blog post that shares more of their story and in that you'll find the discount code for 20 percent off any pavani ayurveda products but today i am so excited to introduce you to trudy and leah thank you for coming on the show hi thank you for having us we're so happy to be here um, so I was hoping just to kick things off, you guys could share a little bit about yourselves and just your background, how you find out Ayurveda, or anything that you'd like to share to just kind of really set the foundation for the rest of the conversation. Uh, yeah, my name's Trudy, and I studied environmental anthropology, culture anthropology, at the University of Florida. So. I had an interest in learning about the way other cultures do things. Um, and that led me to Oregon State University where I was pursuing a master's degree. But a few personal life challenges kind of derailed me from my studies there. And I took a leave of absence and returned to California. And when I arrived back in California, I knew I was eager to learn more about the science of yoga. I really missed my yoga practice because I was living in San Francisco before I started my program up in Oregon, and I was just like, I want to learn more about yoga, like what it's all about, the philosophy, the history. like I know it's a really deep science, and it has there's more to it than the asanas. So I really wanted to learn more about that. So I enrolled in a yoga teacher training in the summer of 2011. But prior to beginning that teacher training, I was stalking yoga teachers' bio pages on other, like, on local yoga studios. I don't know if anybody else here does that. (laughs) I was like, oh, I want to see where they did their yoga teacher training, where they've studied. And a local woman, her name's Skylar, actually, and she was teaching at Wild Mountain Yoga in Nevada City, California. And she said, I'm studying Ayurveda at the California College of Ayurveda. I was like, okay, what is that? So I Googled Ayurveda. I was like, wait, what? This is traditional Indian medicine? It's the sister science to yoga? I was like, okay where's California College by beta And I looked it up and it was in Nevada city and I live in grass Valley. And I was like, it's right here. Like, that's insane. I didn't even know. And I was like, done. Like, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I want to study. It was, I don't know. It was just like this internal, like, yes, I just knew that's what I wanted to spend some time learning about and just learning that it, Ayurveda was India's ancient medical system, I knew that I found a subject that evokes passion and a deep interest within me, and it really bridged together a lot of things that I was searching for within um, my studies in anthropology. So I started at the California College of Ayurveda in the fall of 2011, and actually Leah and I were in the same class together, so we started learning about Ayurveda together. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. So I feel like the the typical journey to Ayurveda is that like physically you have something going on or mentally, but you just heard of it and you were like, yes, like I'm all in. Basically, yeah, I was kind of just like sold doing that, and I think a lot of it has to do with I've always been interested in India. uh My dad lived in what is now Pakistan, but was India in the '60s in Lahore. And, well, maybe maybe Lahore was in Pakistan, but anywho, he was in the area, in Pakistan, in India, so I kind of grew up with, like, these tales of his great adventures of the 60s in India, and I was like, ah, I've always been interested, so it was just really cool to learn that Ayurveda even existed. Did he, was he there to study any spiritual practices or was it unrelated and you were just, you just felt called to the area? It was unrelated. He studied, he was a civil engineer and he was building irrigation canals in Pakistan. Got it. So he spent about six years there and he absolutely loved it. And uh, yeah, I think that really kind of inspired, Ayurveda deep down, like, in the subtle layers of myself, so. amazing. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you. I know you want to share about your story and how you came to Ayurveda. Yeah, yeah, so I think, yeah, so the way I came to Ayurveda was sort of similar to Trudy, where it kind of just, like, it just kind of just happened it was like a clear yes for me right away Um, but to go back before that um, so basically I grew up in Wisconsin so I'm a Midwestern girl at heart and (laughs) yeah Um, and so but I had always been drawn to California and the first time I went I was I think 17 I went with some of my girlfriends we went and stayed in um, Arcata with my friend's cousins and then we went to San Francisco and I just fell in love with California and just like the vibe out here and especially the Redwoods that was like a main thing that drew me in it's like I just thought they were so magical and so beautiful um, so I always knew that I wanted to move to California, and I actually lived in Humboldt County when I was 20 for a bit of time. Um, and then I moved back to Wisconsin and finished my degree at the um, University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. So I got my degree in conservation and, and environmental sciences and then I got a minor in biology and also business, which I studied. I focused on entrepreneurship. Um, so I guess I always had an interest in the natural world, and also I always had a desire to own my own business. So although I didn't like use my degree like right out of college, I think it ended up, you know, kind of coming full circle to where I am now today. And. So yeah, I finished school, graduated. And then in 2009, I moved back to California, like saved up money for a year. And I knew that I was just going to come back out here and just like make it work. I had a bunch of friends living in different parts of California that said I could stay with them. And I kind of just like, I don't know, it just kind of all unfolded and happened for me. So I started back in Humboldt County again in Arcata, and then I moved to the Bay Area, and then out to Nevada County where we are now. And during that time, when I was living in Nevada County is when I discovered Ayurveda through a friend of mine, actually my friend who I used to stay with up in Arcata, and she was going to an Ayurveda school up there. It's just a small one and she started teaching me about what she was learning and I just thought it was so interesting it just like right away just clicked with me and made a lot of sense um especially like I think having that background and interest in the natural world is like wow this is such an interesting way to just explain everything you know and, and makes so much sense to me with, like yeah how we are all different and like And it's because, you know, of our environmental makeup or or elemental makeups. So I love that. And I loved just like the interconnectedness that um, it just like explains that connects between like, yeah, nature, body, mind, and soul. I loved that. I loved learning like how you can basically, you know, by looking at someone's physical features, you can learn so much about, you know, even what's going on with them internally. And you can really like understand a person in this like, um, I don't know, like a whole well-rounded way. So that really drew me to it. And then I decided to start um just like studying Ayurveda on my own and then I discovered that the California College of Ayurveda was right here in my community and so that was like I said coming back to that a clear yes for me that is like I'm gonna go and take classes there like I have some extra money right now I have extra time and space in my life where I can do that so I'm just gonna go for it and you know it was always just to like gain a better understanding of the practices and the teachings just for myself and my future family. I never really knew where it was going to lead me to today.
1: Yeah. And that was, that was actually my next
0: question. Cause if it wasn't anything physically going on, where you like trying to heal yourself? What was your intention? But it sounds more like both of you were just kind of curious and you let your head guide you and you're like, this is just what I'm going to do. Or did you have an idea of like, when I leave school, this is what I want to do with it, or this is why I want to learn, or did it just sound interesting? And you were like,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a go.
0: Yeah, I think for me that was basically it, which like looking back on that I'm like, wow, that was really brave of me to just like go for it because I don't know if I okay. would do that right now. And obviously I was like guided in some way because yeah, it was just like I think this is so interesting. I just want to learn more and like why
1: not? The school's right there. I'm just gonna do it. I love it. It's almost like when it aligns that way, you have no doubt in your mind that that's your path. And when the first time you learn about Ayurveda, I think we all have that ignition of it's just complete truth that resonates with you. And it's like, you don't even think about those doubts because you just, this is it and and you go for it.
0: Yeah. Great. Cool. So... I guess when you started down the path of Ayurveda, did you notice it changing any part of your life? And obviously you started to implement the practices, but did anything surprise you? Um, and the reason I ask is just because like, I felt like when I started studying Ayurveda, I was like, okay, like some of these things make sense for my mind body type. But like one thing I was really resistant to was Abhayanga. And then once, I, once Angelica told me to do it, and I actually started doing it on a consistent basis because she was my first practitioner. Um, it, it, like, changed my life. So was there anything like that, kind of, like, an aha moment for you where it was, like, oh, I totally didn't know I was going to learn that, but once I did and started to bring it into my life, I noticed things shift, whether it was, like, mentally, physically, spiritually, like, whatever it was for you. Yeah, I think when you start studying Ayurveda, everybody kind of has those moments where you're, like, this just makes so much sense. Like, how was I operating before? <laughs> And how it's operating well i actually do remember because when we started the ayurveda college like i didn't know (laughs) i always talk about this but it's it's real um you're supposed to have one bowel movement per day according to ayurveda right so i was like oh i didn't know that they didn't teach us that at school that's good to know and (laughs) prior to studying ayurveda i was experiencing predominantly like a Vata imbalance, but didn't have like a term for it, but was feeling when I was trying to go to sleep, anxiety, overwhelm, fear, worry, just all these things, like letting the mind kind of just take over, take the driver's seat. And I remember being at the California College of Ayurveda, and being like, you can control and harness the energy of your mind and not like let it take you down this path of story and fear. And like, that was even just really powerful to hear. And yeah, as far as like the one bowel movement per day, like I wasn't having that. And I didn't even realize that I had kind of long-term constipation going on. So, um, just being able to implement like more oils and more demolished herbs and things like that. Like it just starts bringing your body back into balance, and it's just really interesting. And it's kind of like you awaken to all these really simple remedies and things that you can do to restore balance in yourself. And when you start talking about these things with people, they're like, Oh my gosh, me too! Like, what can I do to resolve this issue? So you know, the disease or anything that's, the imbalance doesn't go deeper into disease in the body. And like, that's pretty cool about Ayurveda. You're just working on um, more of like a superficial layer with imbalances. So it's not gonna go deeper into your tissues and cause disease. So I think that's a really powerful thing with Ayurveda. And I, I think I noticed that when I, when I started studying it and just noticed some shifts there. It's amazing. Leah, did you notice anything that was kind of your big aha or not really? Um, yeah, for sure. There was lots of big ahas. Um, but yeah, just I can definitely relate to what Trudy was saying. That was a big one for me too. Like having like a daily bowel movement being healthy and like really not ever having have experienced that in my life prior to Ayurveda. And I think really the big aha moment was just discovering like how imbalanced I really was in certain ways without even realizing it because you know all of those long-term imbalances were just normal for me you know that was just my normal state so I, I didn't really have anything to compare it to and you know you don't generally talk about your bowel movements with your friends and peers so it was cool to be able to like Trudy was saying just like tap in and check in with each other and see where everyone's at and it's just so interesting investigating all that um, Mm -hmm. and seeing how the doshas were at play within all of us and are you two both predominantly Vata? no I'm actually predominantly pitta and um, yeah definitely predominantly pitta but (laughs) (laughs) but my my kapha I've been read two ways by two different ayurvedic practitioners one predominant pitta secondary secondary vata kapha very almost equal to vata and then the second practitioner said predominantly pitta kapha a little bit more than vata but they're pretty similar i think i'm pitta kapha but vata is not too far behind the Kappa is, Mm -hmm. is what I think for me. Yeah. And for me, I definitely resonate, I think the most with vata, or at least I have a lot of vata imbalances that I've had to work with. Um, but yeah, when I've done, you know, my, when I've looked into just like my doshik makeups, I have found that it's, like, more equal, I guess, vata and pitta in my constitution. Um, But, yeah, I feel like vata is usually the one that I'm trying to balance the most. Yeah, Leah is, like, within our business, too, is very creative. Like, I think her vata really manifests, like, creativity and art and design and just, you know, like, our whole kind of aesthetic has really been inspired by Leah and her bata creativity, which is really nice. So I think we balance each other really well within the business mm-hmm. and that's very good. Um, how about both of you, Angelica and Rachel, what are your predominant dishes? We're both very Pitta. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel similar to you, like it kind of shows up in different ways. Um, and. I have like similar to you, Trudy, like equal Vata Kapha almost, but um, my master teacher always says my Vata is very sensitive. So that's where I sometimes get out of balance too, like within Vata. So I really resonate with that, where even though there may be equal parts, like it's like a sassy Vata who's like,
1: you know, not having it when I'm out of balance. So (laughs) (laughs) Uh yeah, I I feel um, when I look at the percentages, my Vata and Kapha can be pretty equal. Um, but I do, um, feel the affinity towards the creative, the creative side. And I think that like, sometimes we take on that role too. Like I'm always, Rachel outpiddows me a lot, even though I'm pitta predominant in ways, like the way she takes control of things and has that logistical mindset, I really revere. And a lot of times I feel like I take on the role of the, the and the, the being able to see the big picture of it, which also does have a pit aspect. So they play the dance.
0: <laughs> yeah so interesting like sometimes the more i get to know people it's like one of two ways you can see the doshas and the elements clearly and then sometimes i'm like i just don't even know Yeah. Like, what, what are, like, <laughs> <laughs> are you both still do you practice it all one-on-one or are you solely just focused on pavani and and that meaning as like working with clients. Yeah, like are you, because I'm assuming you did some stint as a practitioner while you were in school, but do you still do any of that now or is it is it mostly just like the skincare products and doing those types of things? Yeah, just doing products now. So we both did the internship at the California College of Ayurveda um, for six months where we worked with patients and saw them one-on-one. Um, But yeah, I don't think either one of us really continued on with that outside of school. Um, And yeah, we started our business and then um, we started more focused on like the body therapies aspect. Um, And now we've let that go. So we're just mainly focusing on the products, which was always our main intention with the business. Yeah. We kind of felt really drawn herbal type of things like ayurvedic herbalism combines western herbalism yeah like the hands-on therapies um i love like the teaching aspects just like educating people about like things i know in ayurveda like not deep crazy things they're not comfortable explaining but just introducing people to ayurveda so we do workshops throughout the year and um I've been teaching yoga since I finished that first teacher training. and um, so I definitely kind of infuse Ayurvedic wisdom into my yoga teaching. Yeah, I think it's interesting all the avenues you can take. Like once you resonate with the science and you feel what really calls to, it's interesting because like, you know, we all went to the same school and yet there's all of these different paths and you can see what you're called towards. So that's amazing that once you do, and I, I want to hear a little bit more about your story. So how did you meet at school and how did you decide that this is something that you wanted to on together? Um... Let's see. Well, I mean, we had a small class, you know, it was like, what, 20 people. Yeah. So I feel like we got pretty intimate with everyone in our class. Yeah. Um, but I feel like Trudy and I were like first drawn to each other because of our love for the band Fish. <laughs> you guys <know> fish? Yes. <laughs> love Fish. Yeah. So Fish. Yeah. So one day at school, Trudy was wearing a Fish t-shirt. And I remember being like, Trudy, you like Fish? Because living in California, I feel like no one, I mean, people like fish, but it's not like in the Midwest where I'm from or like on the East East Coast Coast or Virginia. It was always like rare to find someone. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, sweet. You like fish? We're going to hang out. (laughs) I love that. So, yeah. and Yeah, we were a close group, all of the students in our class. And it was a great because I had just moved to the area. It was just a really nice way to connect with people, um, like-minded people, so that was nice. Mm-hmm. Cool. So you uh, said, still... go uh, ahead. So I was just going to say then for like, Pavani, the start of like us wanting to start a business together I feel like that started at your house that one day. Yeah, we were practicing our Ayurvedic massage because traditionally Ayurvedic massage is performed with two practitioners working simultaneously on the body. So we were practicing that and we were just like, you know what would be a good idea? Like a dosha-specific skincare line or just like bringing – ayurveda into skin and body care we're like that is a good idea somebody should do that (laughs) Um, we did the ayurvedic herbalism apprenticeship that was like a nine-month apprenticeship and we did that while we were doing our other studies at the college and it's just so fun to formulate and work with the herbs and learn about their actions and it's just cool because the herbs, the plant medicine has just been used throughout time, like both in the East and the West. And it's just amazing to learn about all of these wonderful beneficial actions that they have. And I think we really just fell in love with that. So that kind of merged both things, like here's this idea. And now we're learning how to make skin and body care products. And it just started the like creative juices flowing. And then when we both got done at the college, we kind of both stopped at the same time at the school and we just met up for lunch and we were just like, so should we do that thing we talked about? Like, should we do this? And we're like, yeah, let's do it. Luckily we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. Like very <laughs> like, you know, wide-eyed youngsters um that's like almost six years ago now but yeah it's just been like such a journey and it's been amazing to have a partner on the path because we can get a lot done together in a short amount of time and like have just been very uh, orientated towards like just growing and building like we can there's just so many places we want to go with the business, so yeah, that's how Pomani started, and we founded the company in 2014. Wow, that's amazing! Can you share some of your ideas for the future? Or are they under wraps? Oh well, we do have a uh, a ghee candle we're about to launch, mm-hmm. and it's for tretaka and introducing the practice of tretaka for people. Which is a form of meditation by staring at a flame. So I'll show you what it looks like. It's really simple. Oh, I like. love it. So pretty. Yeah. So that's in the mix. And yeah, we have like a whole list of products you want to make. You know, because I feel like you can. Just, it's just like endless how many things you can do with plant medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of our top ones, the future. <laughs> which yeah. we've been talking about for a while now. So who knows when this will like actually build to manifest and unfold, but we really want to do a hair oil.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: yeah, have always ask us about that. And that. we played with a formula, but I think it was maybe too <laughs> intricate. It's like 20, not really, but there's a lot of herbs and stuff. We're like, well, you need this for this, this for this. I'm like, you probably need to pare that down the formula but it's fun playing with all the different like ways and avenues that you could explore Mm -hmm. for your product that's incredible i'm excited to see them all come out it's going to be so amazing yeah and question for both of you because i think um some people listening some of them maybe practitioners themselves or just interested in ayurveda I think it was you who mentioned this when you wrote out the newsletters, that one thing that you struggled with was not being perfect in your practices, especially, I feel like some, some people can probably resonate with this as well Is that, like not having the perfect, most balanced practice can sometimes get in the way of doing anything at all. So I'm just wondering how you overcome that either daily in your business or just in general. And if you have any advice for people listening who are experiencing that same thing. Yeah, of course. Well, so yeah, while integrating Ayurveda into my life, I began to make lots of changes really quickly, and you know, I was like, "Wow, I've discovered the way to have optimal health." So I think I was really eager to just like start following the Ayurvedic protocol, do my full Dinacharya, and just like was really wanting to. just be as balanced as I could be. And um, so like, at first, I was like, okay, it's simple. I just follow these protocols, follow the diet. And like, boom, I have perfect health. Um, And then I think I began to realize that I was starting to be really hard on myself. Um, Because, you know, it's not easy to make these changes overnight. You can't just like, implement all these things at once either so um i think just really giving myself the allowance to um not be so hard on myself was huge for me um because i i just noticed that i was starting to be like kind of like critical of myself if i wasn't like following my perfect ayurvedic protocol that i had and you know, had fear around not being balanced. And it was just this constant state of like, yeah, self-criticism, which really wasn't sustainable. So I think, I don't know what it was, but just one day, I think I kind of just had this thought where I was like, you know what, like I am only where I'm at in this lifetime. Like I can only meet myself where I'm at right now. I can only be who I am in this life. And if I'm not meant to be this like perfect Sattvic Ayurvedic guru, then that's okay. And that's totally who I am. Um, so I think like having that realization was huge for me in order to just not be so hard on myself and to just kind of give myself the permission to just be who I am and like have my own Ayurvedic path and journey unfold as it as it would and um yeah that was big for me and i always and when we were studying at the cca too like i remember our teacher mary thompson telling us too that it was like one step forward and two steps back down the ayurvedic path so that was always helpful for me as well just to know that like okay you can only do a little bit at a time and wait until that really turns into like a foundational habit before you can like add on more. And sometimes you're going to not want to be Ayurvedic and you're going to want to just like not have to worry about any of it. Um, but that's okay. Cause you're always going to come back to these practices. Totally. And actually when you were saying that, that really resonates because I feel like I've experienced this. I'm, I'm sure we've all experienced the same thing and like wanting to be perfect and having that, that criticism, but it's really only when we come from that place of compassion and kindness for ourselves that we can find that balance because everything has to be aligned and we can be doing all the the perfect practices physically, but unless we're mentally aligned and feel balanced there too, like it's not even going to work for us. So yeah, I, I love that advice and that's amazing. And while you were talking, it reminded me something. Um, I think it was you, Trudy, in your newsletter, you were talking about how you just have like your nightly glass of wine. Was that you? Mm-hmm. And- yeah hmm I feel like people think um, once you start to go down like a path of health that you kind of have to give everything up. So I'm just curious, like, do you drink alcohol at all anymore? Is it still something you enjoy? Because I feel like a big block or hurdle for people. It's like, ah, like if I have to give up cheese forever or like wine forever, like I can't do this. And I think it's an important message to let people know that it's okay. Like you don't, you know, build Rome in a day and you, you never have to, you know, go to one extreme or the other. So just interested to hear where you're at with that today. Yeah, um, so my parents are English, and I feel like the Brits have a big pub culture. Like if you go over there, it's like every corner's pub and they're beautiful pubs. You like to go in and have like an ale or something, just like very cultural. So growing up, my parents would have a drink each night before their dinner. And I was like, yeah, that's what adults do okay, can't wait till I'm an adult. This is going to be fun. And then I was like, you know, was it adult? I thought I was adulting, having like a beer or a glass of wine at night. And I was like, oh, you don't have to do this. It's just kind of like I had that realization with coffee too. I just felt like adults drink coffee. So I started drinking coffee. And I was like, I actually don't even like coffee. What am I doing? So... Uh, But I did like to have a drink at night. So I thought that was like what you did. And then I kind of awakened to the idea like, oh, I don't have to do that. Like that doesn't have to be my typical routine. And maybe I'm not going to do that. So I stopped having like an evening drink. And that was probably like eight years ago. And I think it takes a while, like maybe if you're used to having like a drink each night or every other night or something, and it's the way you like blow off steam from the day, like it'll take time. But once you stop kind of using that, I don't want to say as a crutch, but kind of use it as like a way to relax in the evening. And you can find something else to bring into that, like Mm -hmm. going to a yoga class or just honestly, I love just drinking like an evening tea that's just going to relax me, like that's just more nourishing. And at the end of the day, like when you wake up in the morning, you're going to feel more refreshed and you're going to feel better and have more energy. So yeah, nowadays, like if I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pour a glass of wine and I pour a glass of wine and like take a sip. I'm like, I don't even like how this tastes. And I'm like, that's kind of sad, but also awesome at the same time is kind of a reaction when that happens. And I'm like, lately, just pouring the drink out. I'm like, I guess I just don't even want a drink. And that's okay. But every once in a while, like, I love to have a drink and celebrate, like, you know, on occasion. But it's nice to not have that be, like, a part of my regular routine. I just feel better and more energetic and clear. And uh, about a year ago, I started practicing Ashtanga Yoga. And kind of, you know, have thought about that more and more because in Ashtanga, like, you don't have any alcohol of any kind. So, yeah, I'm definitely just exploring that, like, no alcohol ever or a drink every now and then. So I think it's just like a journey for me. And But right now, yes, I still do drink alcohol, but only on occasion. Yeah, and I guess the reason I ask is because oftentimes, and you alluded to this a little bit too, whenever you're giving up something like wine or coffee or whatever it is, for some people it's like Reese's ice cream, oftentimes it's like there's something deep-seated in your uh, emotional being, and so... It's, it's not shifting the physical habit, but also something that's going on inside. So did you ever notice anything like that coming up for you? Like once you gave up one of those things, like you kind of already talked about it too. Like you noticed other shifts in your life and you didn't even want it anymore. Yeah. Um, let me see. What the question, say the question again. So. I guess I'll I'll give you some context on the question too. So I'm wondering when you learn to like give up the coffee, give up the wine, and you actually realize you didn't even like coffee. um, Right. It starts to get into like why we even have habits in the first place. And one of the beautiful things about Ayurveda, and I like to make the little triangle, it's like mind, body, spirit. And I think a lot of people start Ayurveda because they have something physically going on in their lives. And then without realizing it, when they start to balance out their physical way of being, all the dominoes line up, right? So it's like, Mentally, you start to feel more clear. You have more energy. You start to think about things in your life a little bit differently, and you bring awareness to all of your habits. And you you bring your consciousness into your life and your routine, and that also helps you align spiritually and helps you figure out like what is your life purpose and whatever spiritual path you choose to follow. So my curiosity and the question was just like with those habits, when you eliminated them, did you see any of those dominoes kind of fall into place in other aspects of your life? Yes, I think. It kind of can move into other aspects of your life because it's like, you know, without having a drink each night, it's kind of awakening to the idea that you're not your long-term tendencies or habits. And uh, I think a lot of times we can connect too much. on like, but this is who I am. This is what I do. And Ayurveda teaches you like, is it though, or is that just your long term tendency? Like, are you connecting too much to, I'm Pitta, so I'm like this? Like, are you really? But like, sometimes there's this like connection and attachment to like habits or even like connecting and identifying yourself a certain way. So, Ayurveda definitely opened that up for me. Like, uh, are you really that person you think you are? Because deep down, like, we're all our true nature is spirit and like it's kind of like breaking free of these like karmas yeah karmas and binds that you have that you think you're supposed to be a certain way so it's really kind of freeing when you start bringing these like more philosophical aspects of ayurveda into your day or into your routines and yeah so it's pretty like it's pretty mind boggling and blowing and amazing, you know, when that starts to happen. Yeah. I love that. Cool. All right. Well, I think it's time we should oh wow, we've we've been we've been blowing through topic. So I really want to get into skincare and have you guys weigh in on this because um I just think it's super interesting and a lot of people like it's a very hot topic. And I think it in the wellness industry or in the beauty industry people are starting to move toward natural products, but even when you look at like reviews on things and I'm sure that you two are familiar, it's like, even when they're natural and good and healthy and all these like kind of buzzwords, they still don't work for some of the population. And then the reason for that is because it's not the right product or the right ingredients for certain types of skin. So I'm just excited to have you two walk us through like, you know, either how you formulated the products, whatever you want to share here, but what do you think people should know is like, the number one thing about skincare, and are there any kind of like misconceptions about natural skincare? Like, like I think people they try and maybe it doesn't work, and then they they don't want to try it again. So, can you kind of like bust any myths there and help them understand why dedicated skincare for their specific type of skin or with their imbalance makes sense? Does that question make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think maybe starting with and Leah brought this up when we were talking before we started the podcast um yeah some ingredients that we don't use and maybe you and I. some of those common ingredients we've been seeing on the market the coconut oil oh oh the coconut oil yeah leah's like she was talking to me about it before and i was like yes we should totally talk about that yeah well i guess so one of I think the most important things for the skin that maybe a lot of people don't know about. I think a lot of people are learning more about this now and becoming more aware of the beneficial use of high-quality oils on the skin. Um, and so, I mean, Ayurveda just like loves oil, you know. And there's so many different practices which include and involve oil, and especially for the skin, it just works so well with the skin it's like it was like made for our skin like it's pretty amazing and it's really beautiful how it's able to balance all skin types um even oily skin and it's really just all about you know educating yourself about the oils and finding out what is the best for each skin type um where like so like high oleic oils are really good for, um, dry skin and high linoleic oils are better for oily prone skin and also, um, blemish prone skin. Um, so that's always good to know. And then also coming back to the coconut oil, like the common rating of oils is also really important to learn about, um, which coconut oil is actually a four, which the comedogenic rating scale goes from one to four. So coconut oil is the highest, which therefore means it's the most pore clogging of the oils, which is really interesting to learn about because I feel like so many products on the market and people use coconut oil on their skin um, and it can actually... like use repeatedly over time and clog your pores and actually cause more harm um, because it can cause irritation of the skin or rashes or also acne to occur. Yeah, and I don't know if it happens to everyone. Like I don't know if the coconut oil causes clogging or reaction to everyone's skin, Uh, but it definitely doesn't mind. I was kind of like a guinea pig. I was slathering myself a few years ago with coconut oil. But I like to shower in the evening and then do my abhyanga before bed. So, you know, you're warm, you're getting into bed, you have the oil on. And just those hot spots like underarms, like creases near the hips, things like that, tend to generate more heat while you sleep. So, I started getting these rashes under my arms, and I was like, What is going on? Do I have bed bugs? Like, I was freaking out. I actually ended up at the doctor's office, and they're like, Are you using anything different on your skin? I was like, No, I'm just using coconut oil. (laughs) The doctor was like, Maybe don't use the coconut oil. I was like, What do you mean? Coconut oil is great. And then I stopped using the coconut oil. I was like, Oh my gosh, it's totally coconut oil. And then Leo was like, yeah, it's comedogenic. It has this comedogenic rating." I was like, it does. We (laughs) like, this is factual information. (laughs) So um, we don't use coconut oil in any of our products. We Mm -hmm. do use uh, coconut milk powder though, which Mm -hmm. has a different action on the skin versus coconut oil. So it's not going to clog the pores. It'll actually do the opposite. So Mm -hmm. yeah, lots of brands kind of, are promoting coconut oil which is great like my husband uses uh deodorant and it has coconut oil in it and he doesn't get the reaction so mm-hmm. i think you know not everything the same thing isn't right for everyone you know you got to figure out what works for you and your skin type but as a company we just stay away from coconut oil in our topical products mm-hmm. yeah that's helpful to know and that's interesting because i've actually had the same reaction it was a deodorant that had coconut oil and I couldn't figure out and I teach hot yoga. so It was always after that. I'm like, what is going on? Like I'm using really natural deodorant. Where is this rash coming from? So I found one that I, I love now, but it was interesting what happened for a while. So yeah. Totally had the same experience. Yeah. It's funny. Cause you're like, it's all natural. Like it's fine, but you still need to do your research on like what, companies, all natural companies are putting into their products, you know, because just because it's all natural doesn't mean maybe that it's gonna be best for you and your skin and body. Totally. And do you two have like a favorite morning or nighttime routine? I assume you use your own products and I'm curious which ones do you use in what order and morning night? So tell us all the behind the scenes. Um so I don't know. That's always a hard question to answer about the favorite product because I'm like, so many of them, I feel like I couldn't <laughs> without. Like, I feel like if you told me that I could only choose one ritual and I could only do that one for a week, I feel like I would have to choose tongue cleaning because that is just like, I don't know. I just don't think I could go without doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also that I want to say like my Abiyanga practice, like I really need my body oils and also my facial serum. Like I tend to have dry skin and so I feel like using these oils on my skin is really necessary for it to stay moisturized and hydrated. Um, but, yeah, so as far as, like, my daily dinacharya or my Ayurvedic routine, um, yeah, I always wake up and I scrape my tongue. I oil pull every morning. Um, that's definitely, like, one of my favorite practices, too. I kind of love it for just, like, this, like, silence that it helps continue through into the morning where I don't have to talk to anyone. And so I have my little ritual, like, I – While I oil pull, like I'll go and do the dishes from the night before and I'll make my tea and get my breakfast ready and feed my dog. And there's all these things that, you know, I can do while I'm oil pulling. And then after that, I brush my teeth and I floss and then I do my nasya and then I do my um, abhyanga, like only if I shower. So on some days, you know, if I'm not showering, then I skip that. Um, because I like to apply it actually after my shower, I find that that kind of works best for me. Like, while my skin is still damp, I'll apply it, and then by the time I'm done air drying, it's usually like nice and absorbed into my skin. And then I'll do my skincare ritual, and then yeah, my ear oil. I, I pretty much use like all of our products, like, yeah, much every day. Leah's really so, good at doing, all yeah, I've made Tripola. Very extensive routine. I like it. But she's serious. Like when I we were on the road together, like Leah does all those things, and I'm like, mm. that's awesome. Like <laughs> I try to oil pull, like, you're my oil plate oil inspiration. Because <laughs> you do oil pull every day. I'm like, oh, I need to get on it. But um, I think for me, like my favorite product is the Vata Body Oil. Maybe just because it's, well, we're going into kappa season, but it's just so dry and cold right now where we live. But if I had to choose one of our products, it'd probably be the Vatsa body oil. I just love how it smells. Like a lot of people are like, mm, smells like baked goods. <laughs> I'm like, it does in a good way. And it's um, sesame oil and almond oil. And we cook ashwagandha, shatavari, and cinnamon throughout like a three-day process and we strain the herbs out and then you're left with the fat-soluble properties of the herb in the oil and when you apply it it just feels like you're enveloping yourself in this warm hug and it just feels really grounding. and I can't imagine yet like stepping out of the shower without putting oil on it just feels like a little empty like a shell so yeah, the Avianca practice is so beautiful. And if people out there haven't tried oiling the body, like ditch your lotion, get a body oil, and it's really going to change your life. I love that. Now I want to go oil up my body. <laughs> um, amazing. So we're almost out of time. And the way I want to finish is I just want to hear from both of you, what you see as like the long-term vision for Ayurveda. And you two have been, studying it and working with it for a while now but where do you see it headed in the future so like over the next decade two decades whatever it is um so we were kind of discussing this together before we hopped on this call with you guys and um i think really we see it as it just becoming more and more a part of like becoming more and more mainstream I guess or just becoming more in the know like just like I feel like how yoga is like everyone knows about yoga now I feel like Ayurveda can will hopefully become like that one day where um just everyone knows what Ayurveda is and everyone's um implementing Ayurvedic practices into their day and maybe sometimes you're learning and they're not even realizing maybe it's just something that they've heard about that they don't even know it's ayurvedic like for example oil pulling, which i feel like a lot of people are learning about that but maybe they don't even know that it's ayurvedic so i think that just more and more people are going to start learning about it and using its practices and um like for example we noticed that there was an article about ayurveda in vogue i think maybe like two years ago mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so just seeing it like in more publications like that and just hearing people buzz about it more and more so it seems like this is really like a time when we all kind of need ayurveda the most definitely yeah mm-hmm. Ayurveda has the ability to change everyone's life and i think we both just hope that everybody gets a chance to learn about it and implement its practices into their lives. And a concern I think that we both have is just that as Ayurveda does become more mainstream, we just hope that the tradition of Ayurveda stays really pure and authentic. Because in the West we have a way of just like commercializing things and then it loses its essence Mm -hmm. and We've seen that already in the Ayurveda field and it's like alarming when you see it because it's sometimes things that people are creating are totally like opposite of what they should be doing, like from the Ayurveda perspective, but they're slapping the name Ayurveda on it and that's going to be confusing for people because mm-hmm. people are already sometimes a little intimidated when they step into learning about Ayurveda. So. We just really hope that things stay pure and true to what has been going on for over 5,000 years in the science and really hope the West maintains that instead of mucking it up would be one of our hopes as well.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like the relation to that to yoga because the same thing happened. You know, asana only got translated here to the West and then we lost all the other practices that made it. And I think that – it's only natural that it has a reductionist kind of culture that will probably have some of those things that will dilute it. But I think ultimately we're moving in the age of enlightenment and technology, and that everyone want, can feel this connection and this deeper connection to spirit. And if we are the um, the light workers who can transfer that information, that like we're doing our part and we're aligning with nature, and then everyone will follow suit as well.
0: you here. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's amazing, just like you guys said, you like the education part, so you're not just like creating your products but also making sure that people understand why they're using them. and I think that's really important for anyone who takes on any kind of challenge in the field to really feel charged and responsible for spreading the knowledge um, from that good place of heart and intention and understanding the deeper meaning. So it's incredible what you two are doing, and we love it so keep up the good work and the way we want to end this is we just want you to share with all of our listeners where they can find pavani how they can order all of your juicy products the vata Balancing oil might be what i order right after this call so (laughs) if anyone else wants to do that let them know where
1: they can hit you up
0: Yeah, so you can find us at www.pavani P-A-A-V-A-N-I Ayurveda A-Y-U-R (laughs) V-E-D-A dot com Um, and then we're also at Pavani Ayurveda um, on Instagram and Facebook we're on Twitter (laughs) and I think those are all of our social channels Mm -hmm. and A lot of our website, like you can check out all the products, but honestly, half of the website is just dedicated to educating people about Ayurveda. So if you don't know anything about Ayurveda, Mm -hmm. go to our Ayurveda section and we break it down for you. So it's a great place to start. And we also have a Discover Your Dosha quiz that you can take on our website as well, which um, I think it's about 20 questions you can answer about yourself to learn more about the percentages of the doshas that are in your makeup and we also give some suggestions of things that you can do in your day to help cultivate more balance cool and do you have products in there so when someone figures out what their dosha is do you recommend like specific products yes we do have some links into the products in there as well yeah mm-hmm. love that All right, well, thank you both so much. It's been an exquisite experience learning about you both and your journey.
1: And yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Yes, thank you. I love hearing your story.
0: (laughs) Thanks so much. All
1: right, thank you guys.
0: Namaste, have a beautiful night. Namaste. That was Trudy and Leah, co-founders of Pavani Ayurveda. We absolutely loved interviewing them and getting to know them on a deeper level. It's always so amazing to meet other people in the Ayurvedic space. And if you forgot already since the beginning of the episode, these incredible ladies offered you a discount code for being a part of the Soulful Veda audience. So head to our blog at soulfulveda.com backslash blog. You can find both Trudy and Leah's stories. And at the bottom, if you scroll down, there's a button with the discount code all capital letters, soulful, VEDA, or you can just type it in and use this in your memory and you'll get 20% off of your next purchase. So definitely do that. I just recently ordered the Vata Balancing Oil and it actually came in today. And I'm super excited to get in the shower later and use it beforehand. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Would love to hear what you think. Please subscribe, share, post to your social, all of the things. So happy to have had you with us today um, and have a beautiful rest of your day. Namaste.